Hoody hoo. Hi guys, I'm fist bumping in the air because I'm crazy and white. Uh, welcome to episode 89. Okay guys, we're here. Um, so as I, if you guys remember, uh, my friend Barbie who was on previously, uh, she got Alex for us. Um, we talked about dwarfism and then of course Barbie and her condition, but uh, she let me know that she had other people with different conditions and I always have a checklist and which ones I want to cover. Um, and our next guest has another condition we have yet to get into. Um, and he's a nice guy. So why don't you tell us your name and then like, you know, your condition. Uh, my name is Charles Mickles, uh, and I have a young, uh, onset or early onset Parkinson's Okay. Now, what, what does that mean? Like a young, like that whole thing. What does that mean? Well, you know, typically Parkinson's disease is considered a, for lack of a better term, an older person's disease. Uh, it's something that usually uh, people develop later in life. But anyone that's 50 and under that has developed Parkinson's, they refer to it as young onset Parkinson's. And it has a little different um, track and effect than a regular Parkinson's diagnosis. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I received my diagnosis when I was 44. Uh, I'm now 46, but I've probably been battling it for over 10 years and just did not realize. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, because I, a lot of people don't know a whole lot about Parkinson's. I mean, really what people do know is just like Michael J. Fox and, yeah, you know, his foundation and just like him himself. Cause he's, you know, the most known person that had it and, first person to really come out and just talk about it. But um, how does Parkinson's affect you on a daily basis? You know, Parkinson's, a lot of people think it just means that I've got the shakes real bad. Right, right, right. Uh, and it actually encompasses so many other things. We, um, you know, some of my first symptoms that we experienced was, of course, the tremors, uh, but then start having a lot of stiffness. I had a hard time writing, typing. Uh, my speech was affected. Uh, I would lose balance. Um, and just just things like that would happen that you know, we, we just, it was hard to put all the pieces together, figure out this is what, you know, he has. And, uh, you know, train, I lose my train of thought. Uh, I'd be talking to someone and forget where I was in it. Uh, and so it just, it affected a lot of different things at once. Uh, and even that, even more so, it can affect, you know, bladder issues, you know, all types of things, you know, as it advances or affects people differently. In fact, it's sometimes referred to as a snowflake disease because each person with Parkinson's experiences it a different way. Wow, okay. Um, <clears throat> now, you said that you could have had it for 10 years and didn't know it. <clears throat> Did you did you have any inkling of that anything was going on before you got your diagnosis? Well, I it was interesting because I was actually this is actually the second chronic illness I've been diagnosed with. When I was fifteen, I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, wow! And so a lot of the symptoms I was having with Parkinson's, we just kind of chalked up to my arthritis, the stiffness, the having a hard time writing. Um, sometimes losing my balance, uh, could all be attributed to that. And, you know, really the first symptom I noticed 
was probably about seven years ago, a little twitch in my thumb. And, and typically that's a very early sign. But I went to the doctor. They thought it was just something like essential tremors and didn't really give it much thought considering the underlying issue that I already had. Oh, wow. <clears throat> um, so basically, the, the, the other condition you had, the arthritis, it affects you almost the same way, at least without the tremors and all that, but just the stiffness and everything? It does. And so, you know, when I was having a hard time gripping a pencil or writing or stiffness in my hands or hard time moving, we just thought, okay, it must be my arthritis acting up. And even I didn't give it a real second thought. Uh, at that point, because you know, we just figured that's what it was. Yeah, you've been dealing with that for over thirty years. Like, what what do you do to kind of you know uh, suppress the, the arthritis? Uh, I'm on a number of different medications. Um, you know, some of them I've been on. You know, Humira, Humira, prednisone. I'm currently on methotrexate. Um, you know, as I've had joints deteriorate. I've had it replaced, so I've had I've actually had my hip replaced three different times. Wow. Um, over the course, I had my first one at 19, and uh, you know, and then exercise and things like that. Uh, I do also take you know supplements like calcium and other things to help strengthen my bones as well. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's usually kind of, you know, when it rains, it pours type ordeal. Like you, it seems to, it's always, you know, you hope one person just has to go through one condition, but um, usually they lead to other things. Um, yeah. And yeah. And the body's such a weird, sensitive place that if one thing goes wrong, so much could happen. Um, and like in your case, like with both your conditions, they have similar symptoms. Um, and that's kind of, a lot of things. I mean, even if you look at something like COVID where, you know, has like the flu-like symptoms and all that, but flu-like symptoms yeah. could be for a lot of things. So yeah, that's why so many people probably get so many misdiagnoses of, <clears throat> uh, of whatever it is, you know, as people get misdiagnosed all the time because the body is showing something and they think, you know, especially when something's a little more popular than the other thing. Um, but you know Parkinson's. I don't know. I don't. Has, has it gotten? Is it a popular disease? Like a lot of people have it. It is. It is still considered a rare disease. Okay. Um. And there are. There are something like a million cases in the United States. Um. Seven or eight million worldwide. Right. And out of that, a fraction of a percent are the young onset. So not only are you looking at a very small percentage of the U.S. population, but even a smaller percentage of that is young onset. Um, when I got diagnosed, my doctor told me I was one of two people in my age group that he was treating. Uh -huh. And I was at the best clinic in Nashville um, to get that done. And so it's just, just it's, it's not something that you come across very often. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like when I do, by doing this podcast, I've interviewed people with very rare conditions. I interview more than one person and they'll say, uh, depending on what the condition is, but they'll say, you know, 
that's rare that you met two of us because there's not a whole lot of people out there with it. Um, yeah, you know, I was, it was probably almost a year after my diagnosis before I met the first person even close to me in that age in person that had dealt with this. Right. Is it even, and, is it even more rare when in a, when you're under, what is it, 50? Yeah, you know, it is. You know, we've got, you know, since then, just in the area that I live in, I've talked to probably eight people mm-hmm. in a city of, you know, well over a million that have it. Right. And it's just, and they're all under 40, but yeah, it's just, it, it is, it is not very common um, to find people in that age bracket. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even, honestly, like, I mean, I didn't know that there was even a difference that, you know, there was a, spe- a specific, uh, specified one just for people who are a little younger, because um, you do kind of associate it with older people. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's hmm, interesting. Um, so, it, do you do you take anything for, can you take anything for Parkinson's? Just to calm down do. the tremors and everything? Yeah, I do. In fact, that was ultimately... Uh, what helped us determine that's what I was fighting. Um, I had I had finally gone to a third neurologist because the first two had not been able to help me. Um, you know, it was kind of one of those things. I tell them what was going on, they wouldn't really listen. And uh, so my third neurologist, after months of seeing him and him trying different things, he said, "I'm going to give you a medicine." He said, "It's not going to work, so don't get your hopes up." But he said, this is going to rule out something for me. He said, but I'm 99% sure this is not going to work. Which is always encouraging to hear from your doctor. And uh, so I took it within three days. It was a nine-day difference. Uh, My tremors had almost stopped. Uh, My my balance had improved. My speech had improved. I mean, all sorts of things. To the point when I went back, he said, we don't need to run any more tests. I'm sending you to the special clinic. And um, so the medicine he put me on was Carvedopa, Levodopa. Uh, I take eight pills over a day over four different doses. And then I take another one called Pramoprexol. Um, I take three pills over the day with that. And there's other treatments, injections or pumps you can do. Um, there's also surgeries you can do, which we're actually in the process of considering and trying to get approved of for that right now. Wow. Is it a very risky surgery? It's brain surgery. Oh, wow. Okay. So and yes. uh, it, it's, it's called DBS, deep brain stimulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what they do is they actually implant electrodes into your brain. And then you have almost like a pacemaker device implanted in your body and that actually um the electrical impulses help control the tremors and allow the stiffness to be less and allow you to move and take the place of some of the medicine you're taking hopefully um and you know, all the medicine does for me is it replaces dopamine um when i first started exhibiting symptoms of parkinson's um, it was caused because the dopamine producers in my brain had begun to die off. And by the time I started showing symptoms, 
something like 50 to 75% of those producers were already dead. And up until that point, my body had been able to cope and it just couldn't cope anymore. And so this medicine just gives me artificial dopamine to help me function and move and do the things I need to do. Wow. <clears throat> do your, do your, uh, cause I have a friend, he takes a lot of medications for many different things. Do your medications ever really kind of, uh, you know, mix and, and you have like bad effects because some people take certain medications for one thing and then you take another thing and it kind of, ba- it affects that medication and now you're having effects from that. Yeah. And you know, we'll, you know, some of the medicine I take will give me side effects, but then I have to take other medicines to counteract. Right. Right. Uh, sometimes when I'm doing some medications, I'll have to change over to a different one. Um, I, my pharmacist a couple of times has caught, you know, medication that wouldn't be good together. In fact, when I first um, got on Parkinson's medicine, we began increasing mm-hmm. and did not realize that it lowers your blood pressure. Oh, wow. Well, I was already on a blood pressure medicine. Uh, and so we're in Cracker Barrel one night eating, and I started to feel a little woozy about thinking, oh, my stomach's just upset. You know, I ate something didn't agree with me. So we start to leave, and I pass out right there in the lobby. Wow. And, uh, it was basically my blood pressure dropped significantly because I, we had increased the medicine too quick and it both medicines together just caused my blood pressure to tank. And so, you know, you'll have experiences like that or times where it's not as effective. You know, if I eat certain kinds of foods or proteins, sometimes the medicine will not be as effective as others. Um, or if I'm a little late on the dose. And so, you know, I have my little pill sorter and I'm very regimented about what times of day I've got to make sure, you know, to get all this medicine in. Right. Yeah. It's always a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> many times it is. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, you know, just how many pills I can take. In fact, my daughter one day, I was sorting my pills and she looked at me and she said, Dad, you might have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're taking medication like an old person where you just... You got exactly. Little, you got little times and dividers, and you know when you're taking this medication. Yeah. Um, did has anything progressed over the years as far as like when, when you first got diagnosed for your arthritis? Like, was there anything to help prevent that at the time? And if not, did it get you know did medication and technology get better over the years to help you suppress the the pain and everything? Uh, you know, you know, both of these, you know, the hard part about these, both of them are progressive. Um, but when I initially got diagnosed, we basically, with medication, were able to shock it into remission so that only my hip was destroyed. The problem was that medicine ate a hole in my stomach, and I had to have emergency surgery uh, to repair a hole so that I wouldn't die. Wow. Um, and so, you know, but then, you know, something as simple as a virus can cause it to trigger and uh, so, you know, it, it will move into different joints. And the medicine we take helps to slow it down, mm-hmm. but also helps the pain medicine management. So, you know, for me, when I got diagnosed, instead of 40, I would be in a wheelchair. Um, and thankfully, with, you know, different operations technology, I'm 46 and I'm still not there yet. And we've been able to slow it down and hold it at bay uh, so that it didn't cripple me at this point. Right. Now, you, you said it does progress, so is, is it plans that could get a lot worse? Yeah, it can, and, you know, I have, you know, it's moved into other joints, and, 
you know, we get treatment regulated, you know, watch it, make sure that, um, you know, we're slowing it down as need to. You know, I love and very thankful for steroid shots when I'm really bad and having a rough time because those do give a lot of immediate relief and help. And, you know, a lot of it just comes to having a good conversation with my doctor. The, the doctor I have from arthritis I've had since I first got diagnosed for 31 years. And so, you know, he knows me in, in, inside and out and knows what we can try and know what we can't. And, you know, just really takes good care of me. Yeah, that's always good to build a rapport with your doctor, uh, especially over Definitely. the years when they kind of know you and it's not just like, hey, who's on, who's next on the schedule? And um, yeah. I've built that with some of my eye doctors and it, it's great because you don't just feel like just some random client going in there and, you know, I only let, I've let only two eye doctors really work on my eyes and I, I hate when it's like, oh, he's not here. Do you want to try someone else? It's like, no, I don't. I have no interest. Exactly. I have no interest. Exactly. <clears throat> and it's not that they're not good at what they do, what they do, but it's like reality is they just don't know me like they like you know like your doctor knows you. Um, exactly. And he was he was actually the one that got me to that third neurologist because we weren't getting anywhere with the other two. Mm-hmm. And I just told him I called him up. I said, "Look, doc. I said you know what I've walked through. I said you know I'm not a whim. I said but something is really wrong." And I'm not getting answers. And his friend was able to help me and get me in the right direction. And so without that rapport, I don't know how much longer it would have taken us to get those answers. Yeah, that's always the real frustration because that's when you start taking it out on the doctors because it's like you get passed around and you're like, you're constantly getting answers and you don't know what the hell's wrong with you, but you know something's wrong with you. And you keep getting, you know, especially in the beginning, a lot of times you tend to get very basic answers where it's like oh it's just this take some medication boom 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 and it'll get better and it just doesn't and then like i said you just you keep running into these closed doors and then it's like well shit when you finally get it it's it's really relieving but then you also get to a point where you start to think like oh like why couldn't this just been it was just one little answer why couldn't you just given me this in the beginning but um yeah i remember one of my most discouraging days is before i got to the second neurologist or before i got to the third um, my wife had gone with me to an appointment, had really pushed the doctor to get some tests done to make sure I wasn't dealing with a brain tumor or something like that. And I get the report back that morning that says, we didn't find anything wrong. Everything's normal. And I just wanted to scream, everything's not normal. And it was a really hard day because I didn't want something to be wrong, but I just want answers. I wanted to feel like myself again. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure your normal is probably not everyone else's because you've always had pains and <laughs> pains and aches, and you know, in the older yeah. you get, and I'm sure your body, especially like you said with the multiple hip surgeries, you know, you've had a lot of wear and tear on your body more than the average, you know, 46 year old. Yeah, definitely. So your body is just kind of, but yeah, but again, you you your body's been through so much pain and agony that. You know, even though um, it's not normal, but you know, you know, your normal is still, you know, something different than what you're going through at the time. And at least, exactly. you know, the doctors, you know, like I said, there's only a few people that will know. Well, the reality is, you were the only one that really knows because you're the only one that really feels it. And it, yeah, exactly. 
something's off and something's off. Um, and that, yeah, that's one of the fr- most frustrating things when you're constantly just telling them that something's wrong and they're like, no, you, everything looks fine. X-rays are great. This, and, It's like, yeah, but I, I've lived with this for however long and now nope, it's off. Um, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, are you really considering this surgery? We are. We actually, um, yeah, I've been on the medicine for two years. You know, we're starting to notice some side effects and and we've been do, doing research and realized that the younger I have this done, the more effective this is and the um, the better my quality of life can potentially be. And so we've done one test um, to basically screen for it, a cognitive evaluation. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a couple months, we'll be doing a physical evaluation where they'll actually have me go off my medicine for two days and evaluate me and then evaluate me again after I'm on my medicine. Uh, then it'll go before kind of a peer review board, and they'll determine if they really feel like I'm a good candidate, if this will be helpful. And if it is, then you know that's something that I will do. Um, in the process, I've also been given the opportunity to see someone at the Mayo Clinic just as a second opinion, just to make sure that we're doing the best we can for me at this moment in our life. Is there a lot of risk with that? I mean, I know obviously if somebody makes the wrong incision and all that, but I mean, just the electrodes, like, is there, is there anything that can go wrong that can really screw you up worse? I mean, there, there are risks with any of it. You know, the good news is that this is a surgery that's been around for about 15 years mm-hmm. um, and technology is continuing to advance. And so it's a much safer surgery than it was years ago. Okay. And it's, it's quickly becoming a more standard option uh, for people if that's something they want to pursue. Yeah, you got to imagine, like, back in the day when they actually started to do some of these surgeries, even just cutting people open, it had to be brutal. Just because they didn't have anywhere near the technology and just the equipment, everything was just half-assed. I mean, mean, there's just... A lot of it was all by hand. Like you, it, it's a, that's why I think so many. I mean, they said and so many back in the day, so many women died of just pregnancy alone because of stuff like that. Yeah. And so you see, you see just the the progression. You know, I, I was on a, I did an interview with a doctor who had, uh, well, he's a, he deals with like STDs, HIV, and all that, and he was just talking about all the, in the last, you know, eight to 10 years about all the new medications and just things you can take now for, for, uh, AIDS or HIV. And it's when I was in high school, I graduated in 08. That wasn't like that there, you know, if you had, and again, HIV wasn't necessarily a death sentence, but it most likely was going to progress into AIDS and you were probably going to die. Um, unless they did the stem cell stuff or, you know, you had the magic Johnson thing where you just had, you know, crazy medication and money and all that. Yeah. But, exactly. um, but now it's like, they even, they have like a, a thing you can take. It's almost like a plan B where you take it for like a week. You could have had sex with someone who had AIDS and take it for a week and it just doesn't happen. Um, and that was not available when I was in high school, which is what, 13 years ago. So, wow. um, so the things that just have kind of progressed and I know I have a friend who, uh, has uh, multiple seizures, and, and they have a way to kind of. It, it's actually some sort of like shock therapy as well, something like what you're doing, and, and yeah. it gets rid of that. And it's like, 
it's it's kind of fascinating just to see where we're because this is this is the good parts of technology because there's so much shit that has come out of the internet and things that are just people are abusing like I see nowadays there's you know Apple's doing some things where they're passing these or they're making it so that uh, child porn does. I guess apparently a lot of these like major companies are um, they're just kind of, they know that these pictures are floating around all on their servers like Google and all that and they're just not doing anything about it and I guess now Apple's finally doing something because they kind of got pressure to do it and it's a yeah. pretty genius way what they're doing but it's something that's come something bad that's come from technology whereas you know, you see the medical part of it and there's so many amazing things, so many lives that are just changing. Even just these people that are running around with these like bionic legs and arms and it's yeah, it's something you would have never seen, you know, 50 years ago. Oh no, no, definitely. And that's why so many people just died of, of you know, like if you had a blood clot, you were probably just going to die. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and it's it's that's one of the good things about living in today's time is especially you know probably for you just being a little bit older, um, you know with with the disease that I had called Stephen Johnson syndrome, you know there's ways to prevent it now. But when I had it, it's there's nothing you can do for someone who already had it. Um, and but you know just the constant miracles that they've made happen just over the last couple of years. It's just like okay the. We're making real change in that way. It's just unfortunate that all this stuff is so damn expensive. Yeah. If you don't have good insurance, you're basically screwed. <laughs> yes, a lot of times you are. Yeah, unless unless you have a good job and you make good money or you can get good coverage, you're basically in trouble because, you know, I remember having a really bad panic attack and I went to the emergency room and they took me in the ambulance and I looked at my bill. It was 1250 Now my insurance covered it. But I could have gotten a cab for ten bucks and panicked and, you know, made it there. It was just like Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> it's it's a yeah, I know. It's amazing. It's just that that's where we have to get to a point. I get it. It is amazing, and they do a lot of miracles and and great stuff comes from it. But man, this stuff is way too expensive for anybody to afford. Um, it, it, yeah, it is. I think you know, my wife and I have been married almost twenty five years. Uh-huh. And in in the time we've been married, we probably spent about a quarter of a million out of pocket for my medical care. Wow! And it's amazing. You know, God has provided. We have not gone bankrupt, but there have been a lot of years that it was just is all we could do to keep up. And just for the record, where do you think you would be if you didn't get those treatments? Oh, if I ain't gotten a lot of the treatments. You know, I, before I, um, before I even started getting treated for Parkinson's and we were still trying to figure out, uh, I was to the point where I was going to have to resign from my job because I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, physically, I would just barely get through the day and I would come home and collapse and spend all night, all day in the weekend in bed and just somehow push through, um, and so with, without the treatments and medication, you know, it wouldn't be at one point, uh, I was on shots from arthritis and a month's supply of the shots without insurance for two shots was almost $6,000. And you know, how's a person, normal person going to pay for that? Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it's just incredibly expensive managing all. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's just, yeah, that's just, you know, one shot. He, I have a friend, he had, he takes like 14 different medications and he has takes, he was taking this like one shot for, I think it was his eczema. And he, uh, yeah, I think it was like 1200 a shot and he was getting about, I think it was one or two a month. I think it was two a month every other week. Yeah. And it's like, you add that up. Now, again, he had good insurance and it covered it, but if he didn't, he wasn't affording that on on his salary. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't happening. Um, well, I remember I a couple of years I had insurance that you didn't have co-pays went straight to deductible, mm-hmm. and it was about five thousand dollar deductible. So the first time I ordered my medicine in January, I hit my deductible, and you know I had to come up with you know five thousand right away to make sure that we keep doing it. So yeah, it's just. And then, yeah, and if you're one of these people that spends a lot of time in the hospital, like, it just piles up and piles up. And I know when I have been in the hospital for certain things, you know, if you go in there for anything that they deem a little bit suspicious, you know, they'll give you a blood test to see if you're, you know, on drugs or drinking and any of that. Because you know, it raises your bill up and, you know, they'll, they'll do all kind of blood work and all kind of things on you, little CAT scans and everything. Yeah. And then you, you look at your bill and it's like, holy shit, I didn't. I came in here for whatever, and it, <laughs> I left here with thousands of dollars on my bill. And I know, I know. And again, I'm fortunate enough that my insurance covers all of it, but it, it's it's crazy. Like when I can imagine with someone like you and other people who, especially people who can't afford it, it's like I don't even know what they do because it's it's even worse than probably college debt, where it's just because this is you. It's you know life or death for some of this stuff. So if you don't get this done, oh, yeah, you're gonna die. And there were so many times where, you know, we just had people around us. You know, we didn't say anything, but they knew, and they would find little ways to help, little gifts, things to just kind of get us through when we needed it the most. And I said, without some of that, I don't know where we would be right now. Absolutely. Uh, How much did you know about Parkinson's before you got diagnosed? I I knew Michael J. Fox. Right. So you said that (laughs) at the beginning of the show. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, he, he'd always been a hero of mine because he was a young person battling a chronic illness. And, right. I mean, that was about what I knew. I knew people shook when they had it. Um, I knew some older people who'd had it. And, I mean, that was about it. That was my my extent, my knowledge of, of this up until that point. Yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of how you got in touch with Barbie? Yeah, we actually, um, <clears throat> we're, I'd start joining some health organizations and doing some patient advocacy and had joined uh, an organization called We Go Health. And she was looking for people to feature in the iPay magazine. And so um, about a year ago, we sat down over the phone and did a little phone interview where we, I just told our story. And that's kind of how we connected was through that. Okay. Yeah. Cause she, she's another one that has a chronic illness and, um, there's so many people out there. There's, there's so many, di- not even people, but there's so many different chronic illnesses now. I don't, I know it's not necessarily a new term, but there's so many, you know, one of the new things that has come out of, you know, people, you know, people are all about changing words and everything nowadays, but one that actually has come out that it has worked is the, the invisible disabilities, the people that are dealing with things that you can't see yeah. on the outside. And that's kind of all the chronic illness, and, and there's there's more than just that, but mental illnesses. But 
Um, but yeah, just, there's so many different ones now, um, that you just, it, it's, it's hard to even pinpoint them all. And so many people are suffering from it. Um, and it's good that there's more and more awareness coming out. Um, I think, I'm, I'm sure, I don't mean, I don't know, but I'm sure that even just help for one of them probably draws a little more attention to the other just because they are all kind of in the same category, even though they're different in some ways. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, what you said, you know, the invisible, you know, if I'm having a good day, you know, right. most people would not have any idea right. that I'm struggling. Um, and that can be hard to you know, manage sometimes is people's expectations or, you know, I think some people don't appreciate the mental struggle that occurs when you're fighting your battle, your body constantly. Absolutely, um, yeah. And just, and I think, even for me, I didn't appreciate that aspect of the struggle as a young man. As I've gotten older, you just realize some days how tired you get of fighting yeah. uh, to do even just a simple thing. So, Right. Yeah, I, I've talked to, I mean, I've, I know a lot of people with disabilities and interviewed a lot of them. And um, they basically will all tell you that some of the hardest part of having a disability is everything else beyond the actual disability. It's all the hurdles, everything that's put in front of you. It's the mental health that comes from it. Cause the mental health is more crippling than the actual, you know, if you are, if you become crippled, but the, the fit, the mental part of it is so much worse because even with me, I battle it all the time. And there's times I just don't want to get out of bed and yeah. I physically, yeah. I feel okay. Just mentally, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm just tired of battling all the demons and the shit that's in my head. Just saying, Oh, why are you even doing this? What's the point? Blah, 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 blah. All the negative things that you run through with your head. And, um, it, that's the shit that you just, you just tired and fatigue and you haven't even done anything physical. Yeah. And that, and that is the, that's the hardest part is, you know, anything that I do takes twice or three times as much energy as somebody else. Right. If it's me walking down the stairs or, you know, getting dressed or things like that. And so, by the time I get out to the car some mornings, I'm already exhausted yeah. um, <laughs> because it's, it's just kind of taken out of you. And, you know, there are days where, you, I, where I'll sit down on the bed beside my wife and I'll just say, I can't do this anymore, babe. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I tell I'm, I'm not suicidal or anything like that. It's just I'm really tired of fighting. I'm, re I'm really tired of being the happy warrior today and, yeah. and pushing through. I just. I don't want to be in pain anymore. I just want to be done. Yeah. Even, even if it's for that day, because we, you know, some, a yeah. lot of time I'm, I'm sure you've done it where we've sacrificed days. We just, we got out of bed. And in my case, whether it was my mental health or my eyes bother me, I just said, well, I know today's going to suck. Today's going to be a bad day. So I'm not going to do much. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> exactly. Exactly. Usually within the first hour, I can tell how the day's going to go for me. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and there's, I mean, we kind of need those days, um, yeah. and that's that, that's kind of like the the back and forth with having a disability because some people think like, oh, well, you always get a lot of help or you need this and you need that, but we need what we need, but overall, like, we have to do so much more to overcome and, and to, to get to where you are getting, um, and that's like, yeah. and that that's because that's been a, a conflict between people with disabilities where... A lot of people are afraid to come out and talk about their accomplishments, you know, like 
yeah. having a job or, or, you know, whatever, having owning your own place because the average person already does that. But you have had to do it with all these hurdles put in front of you and it was way harder for you. But to the average person, it just looks like, oh, okay, so you so you got a job. Whoop-de-doo. Um, yeah, exactly. But like you said, like for you, like getting out of bed and on all that is just a challenge. Um, and I'm sure you probably have some stubbornness just being a man. You probably don't want your wife to help you all the time. You want to just do it yourself. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we've had more than a few discussions about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll say discussions yeah. in quotes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And again, it's, it's not, I'm sure she's probably used to it over there. It's just nothing personal, but it's just one of those things where you just, especially as a man, it's, it's, it's silliness, but it's just, we want to try to be tough and try to push through it. And, um, there's times we shouldn't, and we probably should give in, but it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've had both those experiences and, you know, but too, there's sometimes when you don't want to miss out and you're willing to pay the price later, to be able to do what you want to at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it is nice though. I'm sure it's nice to have someone who loves and cares about you that even wants to do it. And there's plenty of people that just would let you fall oh, yeah. and probably not even help you up. So, Oh yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do it without her. Right. And that's, again, I'm sure you're there for a lot of things for her, but it's just one of those things where it's just, it's, it's just an ego thing. It's just, it's just a dumb guy thing we have. And it's just, I don't know. <laughs> You know, it is what it is. I do. It is what it is. <laughs> you just, you just gotta kind of suck it up and just go. Sorry, honey. Like I love you, but this is just. But you know, and you get, I'm sure you give in once in a while. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, that, that's the camaraderie and the, the love and the relationship that you have with each other. You kind of, it just, you look out for each other. <clears throat> um, but you've been battling this for so long. I mean, just with all with your other condition as well. So it's it's something you're just kind of used to and but yeah I, I i it's one of those things where you you're always humbled by it because you can't ever get too big-headed yeah but you yeah. also but it's also like i said it's, even though it's humbling and it makes you feel like okay yeah i got this and you know whatever i'll get through it but there's also the part of it like you said where it's just like i don't want to fucking do this today like can i just have yeah. one day where i don't have to do this be nice yeah it's just yeah it would be but then again, if you think about it, like if you have one day where like everything was normal, you walk normal, all your pain was gone, and then the next day it came back, you would be like, "Oh, I want that again." Like you would just you would just want another day, and you would just it would just yeah, become like yeah. an addictive thing where it's like I just want because like if all my sight came back tomorrow, I don't know how it react. Like it would be cool, yeah. but it would be like, is it gonna stay like this? And then it just if it went away again, like that'd be just so depressing. Definitely. definitely. So. There's yeah, there's so much that goes into it, but yeah, it would be nice to just have one day of just peace and not have to you know, cuz it's always like for me and and I'm sure for you as well where we have to do so much, we have to exude so much more energy and do so much more that we just want something to go the way it should go just normally without a fight and it's like yeah. can we just get something to just go just perfect? <laughs> One time, just, just let me have just, this. Just normal, yeah, just normal, no no drama, no extra effort, just like a normal person. Right. Let me million dollars, just some normal thing. Yeah, let me put the bread in the toaster and it's just perfectly crisp. Like something basic. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to wake up in supermodels or knocking on your door. It's just, 
exactly something exactly. just nice and, and and those are the type of moments where it's just you know when the little things start going wrong is when you start swearing and punching things and losing it because it's just like yeah. that that's when you yeah. start going all right today i can't do this anymore it's like yeah. you stub your toe on something and it's just like fuck like why why are we doing this yeah um but how, how do you how do you keep yourself? I mean, you seem like a pretty upbeat, positive guy for the most part. Like, what why what keeps you going? You know, there, there's a you know, there's a, a number of things over the years that have. You know, I was very fortunate at a young age um, with my parents. You know, when I first got diagnosed, my parents never they weren't cruel or mean or anything like that, but they never let me use it as an excuse or a crutch. They never let me get by with with just begging off things because of it. And, you know, my dad would tell me every day, he'd tell me, son, God has a plan. And he said, your attitude means everything. And I've never forgotten those two words, those two phrases. And so they've helped me walk through a lot of this. And then... I had another friend, even after my Parkinson's diagnosis, look at me and say, how are you going to use this? And realizing that that my usefulness was not over, that it would still be difficult, it would still be challenging, but that God could still bring something out of it. And so you know, out of that, I started writing and just basically sharing where I was. You know, sharing the days where I was really in a crappy mood or days where I was discouraged or days where I was frustrated or days where I could tell a joke about it and laugh or days where I was encouraged by something that happened or I learned a lesson or and basically just use that almost as a therapy. Right. And and just basically when other people read what I wrote, whether it be in my blog or a book or I've written or something and they said you put into words what I'm feeling. I had one lady one time say, can I take this and show this to my family so they understand the battle I'm fighting? You know, that to me meant, meant the world because one, it was someone got it, but two, it was going to help somebody, um, help somebody share with those around them that love them. And, you know, then, you know, being okay with the days where I'm not okay. You know, it took me a long time to stop beating myself up for those bad days and realize it was okay for me to have a crappy day. It was okay for me today. You know what? This say this sucks and I'm done. Yeah. And, and, and then take that day, deal with it and then move on to the next and just not let fear grab hold of me. Just take it one day at a time. And, you know, I've got a wonderful family. Um, I've got two children and a wife. And, you know, that's, they're some of the main reasons I keep fighting um, because I want to be there for them. I want, to, I want to see them grow and mature and all those things. And, and they, they give me the kick in the pants when I need it, and they wrap me up in a hug when I just can't go on anymore. And, and let me know that both places are okay. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's very good. So, you know, those, those are the ways that, you know, I cope with it and deal with it. And I, you know, I, I trust that out of this, God is going to help somebody that's walking the same path that I am. 
and maybe I can be that lifeline to them where they say, okay, I, I don't know about the rest of my life, but I can face tomorrow. I can take one more step. Mm. I can realize that I'm not alone. Yeah. And I think that those are the biggest ways that, that have helped me just keep taking that next step. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Yeah, I mean, you, basically you're just like embodying and taking pieces of people that you've met over your journeys to kind of help you get through life and you kind of take those certain qualities and you adapt it to you and your personality and then you're kind of this, you morphed into what you are now. Um, and yeah. It seems like you've always had someone good in your life at the right points in time when you needed them most. Um, yeah. And that that's super important. Um, because especially with the mental health aspect of it, it drags you down some places you never thought you could ever go. Um, and you, you start taking looks at yourselves that are beyond inaccurate. Um, you basically strip yourself down to the bare minimum and you just, you just start poking and to the point where where you just, you're in you know, figuratively, but internally just bleeding. Like you're just, you're just beating the shit out of yourself so badly and you got to find a way to claw out of that. And that's how some people don't, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, and, I, and I've had days like that. I've had, I've had conversations where I looked at my wife and I said, am I still enough, babe? Or I've looked right. at my kids and said, I'm sorry, I can't be the dad that I want to be for you. And you had that internal beat down on myself. Yeah, internal monologue. Because I didn't feel like I was being you know, what I need to be. And it took me years to learn to give myself grace Yeah. and, and to not beat myself up for that. You know, sometimes I, sometimes we need, you know, those of us are battling chronic illness. We need to give ourselves a break. We, we need to just, we need to give ourselves the understanding that we would have for anybody else. Yeah. And be, and just be okay with, I can't do this right. I just, the way the day is. And and give ourselves just that grace for having a crappy day because we all have it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really hard to kind of love and, and appreciate what you've been through when you're in those moments. Because even though you've, you've yeah. been, you know you've been a warrior and you've been fighting your whole life and you know all the pain and the agony. And usually those are the days where like the pain. A lot of times it becomes like background noise in a way where like the pain is there. You feel it. Obviously you, yeah. you struggle how you struggle, but on those days when the mental health part of it's there, it's like if you had tinnitus, like that whistle in your ear would just be much louder today yeah. because now you're yeah. so focused on it. Cause your mental health is saying, Oh, let's bring it to the forefront. Let's show you. So like in yeah. your case, your joints would just be aching like crazy. And maybe it's not even aching as much as it is. It's just, your brain is just putting you in places where it's just making you feel things that you just don't normally feel. Yeah. It's like, there's always this white noise. Yeah. But then some days it's like, it's just smacking you right in the face. Yeah. Because on most days you can kind of push it down and and you can kind of, it, it's just there and you feel it. It hurts, but you can, it's kind of numb because you're, it's, it's your daily usual. Like that's what you do. Yeah. But then yeah. on the days where you're just sad and, and angry and, and all that, and you're just laying there and you have nothing but your thoughts, that's when the thing that you're most worried about comes to the forefront and actually just starts just ringing off the fucking hook like crazy. And it's, 
It, exactly. It, those are the things that a lot of people don't talk about because it's just it it's the irrational think thinking and it's just like your mind can trick you into so many things and and you know people can go down the warhole warhole of oh you're crazy and all that. When when you're in certain spaces, your mind can make you feel whatever it is. It whatever it makes you want to makes you feel. So like if you if you just exactly. randomly wake up one day and go, I wonder if I have cancer. Your mind could put you in a place where you it will make you feel like you have cancer. It doesn't mean you do. It just it just no yeah absolutely yeah and it's you know did did you have any well I guess not because you said basically you had this other joint condition so I was gonna ask you if if you thought it was anything worse when you started to have these ticks and and you know these did did you did you think there was anything else or anything else worse uh, wrong with you uh, something maybe on I a bigger thought, scale. I thought something was going on, but I never in my wildest dreams thought it was Parkinson's until that one medicine had it, took its effect. But I knew something was going on. Right. And I just, and that was the frustrating thing is we just couldn't get answers. Yeah, of course. Um, one of the things I like to do towards the end, I like to give the person you know, chance to give someone advice. And you were, you were saying that, you know, you'd like to find ways to give, to help someone who's kind of going down that same path as you. Um, do you have any advice for that person who's kind of struggling with, and it doesn't have to be Parkinson's or even anything that you've gone through, but just some sort of, you know, chronic pain or illness that they're just, they're struggling, especially the people that are, you know, like what we were talking about with the mental health stuff. You know, you know, for me, you know, we know our bodies. And, you know, there's a, you know, the first thing I would tell someone is don't give up fighting for what's going on. Finding that diagnosis, figuring out what's happening. You know, for me, it took four different neurologists and four years to get our diagnosis. And there were days where I was going to throw up my hand and say, screw this. I'm, I'm done trying. And... So don't ever give up trying to find the answers. And then the next thing I would say is stay off of WebMD. Um, I think WebMD is up Absolutely. the devil. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> because because it, it can give you much more information than you need in that moment. Well, <laughs> stay off it if you have bad anxiety. Correct. Yeah, it just, it just it, you will find nothing good there. Um, and because sometimes when you hear those words, of whatever it is, you know, when we heard, you know, the doctor looked at me and said, you have Parkinson's disease. It was like somebody had just crushed me because I knew I'd done all this reading about, I'd done all this. And so I'm thinking worst case scenario and everything that's happening. And I was forgetting that I just need to take, take it one day at a time. Right. That is the best advice I can give anybody is don't worry about, you know, do what you need to to prepare and get ready and take care of yourself, but don't worry about next year or 10 years or 20 years. Just worry about tomorrow and taking that next step and remembering that there's always reason to hope. There, there are days that are going to be dark. There's going to be days that it's hard to see, but just take it one day at a time and always remember that there is hope and we choose whether to have it. And when we're having a day where we don't have hope, deal with those feelings 
and then wake up the next day and try it again. And give yourself the grace you need for those rough days. Because you'll have them, and there'll be days where you don't have hope or you don't have strength. Rest, and then pick it up the next day. Yeah, there is something to say for when just even you don't even have to sleep. If you just lay there and relax and just do something that makes you feel good or, you know, even just watching a show or just spending time with your family, just doing something that doesn't exude a lot of energy, even just mentally, just if you can just just have a a down day where you can just kind of do not just do much. I can't even talk today. Do very little and just, you know, just kind of and just enjoy the basic parts of your life and just kind of just have some real downtime. It, it, it does help. Um, but yeah. And realizing that that doesn't mean you're lazy. It doesn't mean you're not trying. It doesn't mean you've given up. It means you're resting and we all need those times of rest. Yeah. We all need those breaks. Every one of us does, whether you're battling chronic illness or not. That's right. Um, do you have, I, I don't I didn't ask you, but do you have anything to promote? Um, you know, I've got, we've got a couple things going. I've, I've written a book called Mine's Parkinson's, What's Yours? Okay. And uh, the book is just about my struggle. And basically it's taken from the track of my battle is Parkinson's, what's your battle? Right. And hopefully the things that I've learned or the things I've dealt with can help you with whatever you're facing. Maybe it's a, a loss. Maybe it's a chronic illness. Maybe it's a financial struggle. Maybe it's whatever. We all walk through crap. And... And maybe this will help you. And, um, you know, we're in the early stages of, um, of, the, of launching a nonprofit. Uh, it's called Facing Tomorrow Ministry, where basically we're just wanting to minister and help people that are walking through difficulty, walking through, you know, tragedy or chronic illness, reminding them that they're not alone, that they have hope, and finding ways to help them. Um, and so, you know, I do a lot of writing with that. And blogging, so um, you know, I have a website called mindsparkinsons.com, and uh, basically, it's just I keep a lot of information there chronic illness support groups, all those kind of things. I have links to those just to again help people have resources, you know, to find what they need to help them take that next step and just keep going. Yeah, awesome. Uh, when the episode comes before it comes out, I will uh, I'll ask you for all the links and stuff, and I'll put them in there for your book. and Awesome. For your website. Um, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you for doing this. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity just to, to share our story and hopefully encourage others that you find themselves walking the same or a similar path. Absolutely. Like I said, we'll we'll keep in touch. Um, if you need anything, just please reach out. But uh, we'll definitely and keep in same touch. Same for me. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, next time we talk, it won't be about your Parkinson's. Sounds great. All right, buddy. You uh, have a good day, all right? All right. Have a great weekend. You too, man. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. <clears throat> yeah, I enjoyed him. He was a really sweet guy. Um, I'm kind of reflecting on one of the things he said. It's just about continuing to pursue whatever your problem is. And I keep having this fucking brain fog. And it's eating at me. I can't find words. And that's why you kind of hear me rambling. I'm struggling to find words. It, it, it it just irks me to no end. Um, I, I gotta find the bottom, get to the bottom of this because I hate it so much.
because I know something's wrong and I don't know what it is. I'm not saying it's something terrible, um, but he's right. Like if you look at WebMD, it'll just say you have dementia or something like that. It's like, oh no, oh no. Um, yeah, but yeah, anyway, so that that's the thing I'm worried about. If you realize, if you listen to me, I don't really worry about my eyes. <laughs> I never, there's not much to do with my eyes. Like, I guess maybe because I've been very consistent with my eyes lately and the drops I've been taking have been really working. And thank you to Dr. Theresia. She's really kind of got my plan together. And then, of course, Dr. Reinheimer, who just pulls all my lashes. Um, oh, it sucks. But that combination really works. Um, but, yeah, you, you don't hear me ever complain too much about my eyes just because I'm so used to it. It's not great, but I'm just used to it. Um but that my, the brain fog thing is something that I, I cannot stand. It, it irks me so much because my vocabulary is so much bigger than what I'm using. And I just can't access anything. It sucks. <sighs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's the weekend. Uh, it was a very rough, long day at work. Uh, everything that could have went wrong really did. And so I'm happy to get this interview out, get some positivity out there. Um. Yeah, guys, I, I hope everybody, well, I can't say everybody have a good weekend, but if you are listening to this on the weekend, have a good weekend, no matter what weekend this actually is for you. Uh, I don't know when this episode's coming out, because it's going to be a while, but when you do hear this, you'll know. Um, but yeah, you guys have a have a good good day, good weekend, good week. Just enjoy yourselves, um, Enjoy your loved ones and just anybody you care about. Just, like I said, continue to reach out to them and look out for each other because we need more people to just coincide and just exist and, and just help each other. We're at war with each other all the damn time and you can split it into whatever group you want, racially, sexually, whatever, mass versus no mass, Republicans, Democrats, Apple, PC, Fucking whatever, Home Depot lows. It doesn't matter. People are arguing about something. It's always an argument. It's always a fight. Can we just seriously just a little more love? Why is it, why is everyone so on edge? I understand the heat sucks for the people who have heat, you know, or in the, the higher climates, the hotter climates. Excuse me. But come on, can we can, can we can we just love each other a little bit, a little bit? Fuck what they look like. Who cares? Just give some people some love. Give a homeless man five bucks. Something. Come on, man. There's too many people struggling. Um, just be fortunate of what you have. And look, I struggle with that too, but I still try. Trying is something. You know, you may step up to the... I'm going to do a sports analogy, but you may step up, step up to the plate and you may strike out. You may get nowhere near the ball. You may swing, the bat will fly into the crowd, but you stepped up to the plate. You attempted to swing. It's all that matters. You tried. Your execution isn't as important as the, the first step. Once you get past that, then we'll work on it. But let's just work on stepping up to the plate. Okay? Okay. See, I'm visually impaired. I most likely am not hitting a fastball. But, uh, never know but i'm gonna try and that's all matters trying i never care about everyone's execution a lot of times it's all about the intention and and the effort 
uh, that goes for relationships. It's like, you know, you always hear like relationships are 50, 50, right? Well, if I put in a hundred percent, that's only 50. If you put in 50%, that's 25. So now we're at 75 as a, at a whole. So not good, you know? So again, effort, intentions, care, words. <laughs> Let's just try good things. Let's try to support each other. Let's try to give a shit. Like care about each other for Christ's sake. Everybody just, it's just wants to pick a side. Again, this goes back to just kind of loving having a disability where I can see so much more than the average person who has sight because so many people are so blinded by just ignorance and hatred and greed. You know, I'm, like, I'm not saying I don't have a little bit of all those things sometimes. Sure, I'm not perfect, but I work on it. I work on myself all the time. I am so far from where I want to be, but I'm further than where I was, where I really didn't like myself. So, and that's another thing. Just work on yourself. Try to be a better person. And if there's something you don't like about yourself, and I'm not talking about these like shitty little New Year's resolutions, re, yeah, resolutions type of things. Um, just find something about yourself. And it doesn't have to just be quit smoking or anything like that. And, and if that's it too, you should quit smoking because it's terrible for you. But if it's just something, it's just something about you that you're just like, man, hey, I'm a, I'm a little sexist. Okay, well, get you some friends of the opposite sex and hang out with them and figure it out. You're a little racist. That's the thing. Like, people have hatred and we all have good and we have bad in us. So just try to balance it. Well, maybe not balance it because you don't want half good, half bad because that's really not that great. Kind of want like a, as I'm, I'm just so you people know, I'm moving my hands all around. And you just don't know because I'm ridiculously weird. But, you know, I don't know, maybe an 80 20, good, bad. We all have some badness. Just put the bad somewhere or it's not so bad. All right, I'm rambling. Um, I will see you guys on the next one. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with my couple days off here, but probably do what. What we just talked about. Not much. <laughs> so I hope you all have a wonderful week. And I will see you.